Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Pei Dalit. Today's shiz Le'ilu Nishmas Yitzchak Ben Yechezkel Rus Bas Yekutiel Hakoyim Shulamis Bas Benzion Mordechai Esther Bas Yeshayahu Leib Menucha Gittel and Menucha Gittel Bat Shmari Yautzvi May the Neshomas have an aliyah May the memory be a blessing Wish you a long life, Rabbi And um, yet also for a full shleima of um, Yitzhak, Yudha ben Miriam, and Chai Chai Kapas Bolnechle, may they have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, okay, so we're going to go from the last line of Pei Gimlamud Beis, 83b. Um, we were in the middle of this discussion yesterday. The Mishnah mentioned that according to Rebbe, Rebbe Eliezer, if a man has relations with Androgonos, at least in his... Uh, Male orifice, he would be high of skiller, high of stoning, as if he had um, like any homo- like a, like a homosexual act. Now, the Gemara has come along and said, but Rabbi Lezer doesn't hold that androgynous to be a male for all halachas, and that's where we have to write at the bottom of thing, um, write at the bottom of Pei Gimel. We bring in a proof to that. We brought one proof yesterday, but we'll start with the next proof today. So, Amar Abnachum by Yitzchak, Afanam Namitunin. We have a Mishnah which also says this. I, that Rebeleza holds, we don't view an Androgonos as a male for all halachas. Rebelezer, Oimer Rebeleza says, Hakilayim cross, an animal that's a crossbreed, I like a sheep, uh, born from a sheep and a goat. The trefo, an animal that has this type, certain types of injuries. The yoitze dofen, or an animal born through a cesarean section. Tumtum androgonos, a tumtum and an androgonos. Loikadoshin, do not become kadosh. Velomatishin, and they do not make other things kadosh. What are we referring to? So remember, there's two types of kedusha that an animal can become. An animal can become kedusha sakuf, where it becomes intrinsically kadosh, or just its monetary value is kadosh. When you donate a bicycle to the temple, it's not the actual bicycle that becomes kadosh, it's the value. So you pay, oh, the bicycle's worth 5,000 rand, you pay in the 5,000 rand and you get the bicycle back. An animal with one of the above injuries would be the same thing. One of the, sorry, with one of the above uh, characteristics, does not become Kedushas HaKuf. It doesn't become Kodosh. It, it, uh, it, it gets Kedushas Damim. One of the main differences is, if it is Kedushas HaKuf, you can't redeem it unless it gets an injury. And even once you've redeemed it, there's still restrictions on how you can use it. You can't uh, shear it. You can't uh, milk it, etc. Um, so that's the... Sorry, uh, I don't know about you can't work it. Yeah, so there, there are all those restrictions on something that has kedusha sakuf. Where if it only has kedusha damim, then it becomes um, then you just redeem it whenever you want. So the above animals do not become kadosh, um, which Rashi points out. We're saying these these of, are a very high level. We, we're going to see even a greater level, but these are very high level of of what's it? Defects that disqualify them from becoming kodosh, because all the other animals that we mentioned yesterday, like an animal that was bowed down to us, an animal that was sodomized, etc., all those animals do become kodosh. Granted, you're not allowed to offer them as a sacrifice, but they do become kedusha sakuf. These ones, kilaim, trefer, yoytzei, tofen, tumtum, and don't even. 
become uh, Kedusha Sukuf. Then it says, Velo Makdeshun, they can't make other things holy. So that is through Tamura. Yeah, and law magdishin would be that they can't become kadosh through tamura. Let's just read the next line and then we'll explain it because we're going to explain the whole phrase in regards to tamura. So it says, "Va'amar shmul loy kadushin b'tamura, ve'loy magdishin ba'isetamura," and he says they don't become kadosh through tamura and they don't make other things kadosh through tamura. What's tamura? So this is actually last week's parsha v'chukasai. There's an issue of taking one animal and say, I want to, that's designated as a carbon, and saying, I want to switch the Kedusha from this animal to another animal. That's the issue of doing a tumura, of a switch. And interesting enough, you're not even allowed to do that where it's a better animal. Let's say you've got a, a scrawny animal that's Kodosh, and you say, you know what, it's a bit of a scrawny animal. Here's a much nicer animal. Let me rather offer that as second animal as the cobble. What I'm going to do, I want to, I want to transfer the Kedusha from this animal to that animal. You can never do tumura. Um... You can never do Tamura. And interestingly, Tamura has a very high level of taking hold of Kedusha. What happens if you do try to do Tamura? The animal that was originally Kodosh remains Kodosh, and the second animal also becomes Kodosh. That's the law of a Tamura. And that power, taking hold of the second animal, is very, very strong. Because if, let's say, you have an animal with a mum, and you try, and you say, I want to make that animal Kodosh, it does not become Kedusha Saguf, it becomes Kedusha Stami. However, if you do tamura, you try to transfer the kadusha from one animal, which is a korban, to this animal with the mum, it does become kadosh. So what he's saying, what Rav, um, what Shmuel's saying here, is that these animals can't even become kadosh through a tamura. Even though a mum, which does, an animal with a mum does generally not become kodesh, but does through a tamura, these animals can't even become kodesh through a tamura. And what does it mean, below Magdishin? That if they are kodesh, now Rashi points out, obviously not all of them can become kodesh, because as we said, how do you make one of these animals kodesh? Let's say you had an animal that's a crossbreed, how do you make it kodesh? You can't make it kodesh through declaring it kodesh, it only gets kadushas damim, not kadushas kuf. And you can't make it kodesh through... Um, Um, you can't make it kadosh through a tamura, as we've just said. So some things. So you said. So for example, an animal. If you sanctified the animal while it was still a fetus, so it becomes kadosh, and then it's born through a cesarean section. So that's how you have a yotzedof, and that is kadosh. But now, since it's like that, it can't transfer the the. It can't through a tamura transfer the 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 kadusha. Another example would be a trefa, an animal. You, you, you sanctify an animal and then it becomes a trefa. And now you want to transfer the kedusha from that animal to another animal. So it can't through a tamura. So that, but what do we see? That regarding the psul of tumtum vandragonos, what are we trying to bring out from here? It's not like a male. If Rebelez have viewed a tumtum uh, and androgonos as a male, well, then why can't it become Kodosh? Why can't it be a Korban? Why can't it? By the fact that Rebbe Leza says it cannot. To this, I mean, and it's in this high, high level of uh, 
defect with Kedusha, that it can't even become Kodosh through Tmura, and it can't even make things Kodosh through Tmura, we see Shmamina, we learn from here that Rebeleze does not view an Androgonos as a male for all halachas. Okay, then Rebeleze, Oymel Chayvum, Olof Zachor. Rebeleze says, you have Skila like a male. So Tanya, we learned in Raisa, Omar Rebbe, Rebbe said, now Rebbe, remember the one who compiled the Mishnah, when I went to learn Torah by Rebbe Lozabin Shmua, his students ganged up against me like chickens of Facebook, like these vicious chickens. And he didn't allow me to learn anything from his teachings. I wasn't allowed to learn any of Rebbe Lozabin's teaching, except, um, except one. Rabbi Eliezer, I'm androgynous, that an androgynous is high, skiller like a male. Now, I didn't get a chance to look inside, and I don't have the safer at home. Um, I, forgot, I forgot to check it up this morning. Yeah, but um, what, what's this saying? What? Rabbi wanted to go learn Torah by the students of. Um, the students of uh, Rebbe, uh, learned Torah by Rebbe Lezer ben Shemua, and his students ganged up against Rebbe and wouldn't let him. And except for this one halacha, what's going on? So the Oracle Laner, as best as I remember, says along the lines of, he explains it quite amazingly. He says, no, he says, the Talmudim were worried, they knew Rebbe was coming from a different teacher. And Rebbe, one of the principles that Rebbe have is we don't darshan S, we don't learn S. Now they were worried, Rebbe's going to come from a different teacher. And every time Rebbe Lezer tries to say something, he's going to argue and badger him based on the traditions he has from his first Rebbe, Rebbe's first teacher, so they don't really want to let him in. So what do they say? They, they gang on this and say, no, you're not allowed to learn anything, except for this one halacha, and this halacha they're actually using as a litmus test. That, Rebbe Lezer says, an androgynous is liable to skiller. If a, if a man is with an androgynous, he's liable to skiller. If he does it... Um, like a male. They do like a homosexual act together with the male organ of the androgynous, then you'd be chatzkila if you do that. Now, why that halacha? It says, because where do we learn out? Um, where do we learn out? Kovod Talmud Chochom. So it's because it says, by Hashem, it says, Es Hashem Lokechotiro. Es Hashem, you must, Es, the word Es is coming to include. Who's it coming to include with? Tell me, with Hashem, you must fear Hashem. Also, the Talmud Chachomim, that's a famous story of Shimon HaTemon. HaTimni, he came along and he said, you know what? There's actually my, my theory that S, every S is coming to include something, it must be wrong, because how can we come along and include anything in covered Hashem, or fear of Hashem? S Hashem You must fear Hashem, your God, S coming to include. How can we include anything? And Rabbi Kiva actually came up and thought, no, it's coming to include Tamirei Chachomim. So they want to, so they're coming to Rebbe and they say, well, we're worried about our teachers. We're worried about Rebbe Lezer's covered. You're going to come and badger him. You're coming from a different Rebbe, a different style, a different way of thinking. And you can start badgering our Rebbe. We want to check. Are you going to hold by this uh, principle of covered Talmud Chachom? And part of the thing is Rebbe doesn't expound Essen. Do you expound S? Are you going to learn S Hashem Lokechotira to include Tamidei Chachomim? Are you going to honor our ancestors as well? And that's why they wanted to check with this drosha of Rebbe Lezer, because this was learned out from the S. The potzik was the S Zachor Loitishkav Mishkavei Shata Avahi. It's learned with an S. 
So if you're going to learn, we'll let you learn this drasha, and then we'll see how it goes. If you accept it, then we see that you'll accept the requirement to honor our Rebbe, Rebbe, and Shemur, and we'll, uh, we'll make you feel at home in the Yishif. Otherwise, we're going to uh, make you feel rejected and kick you out. Okay, Hadron Aloch Ha'oral, Hadron Aloch Ha'oral, Hadron Aloch Ha'oral. Now start the ninth Perek of um, Yavamos. We're going back to Yibum. And Tostos actually points out that this Mishnah, he says, very interesting, he says, that you notice this Mishnah is a summary and a restructuring of a lot of the halachas that we've already learned. So Tosos at the beginning of the parak, it's the third Tosos on the page, says, Perish Harav, Rabbeinu Yehuda, Rabbeinu Yom Tov, Lechein Derech, Hatan El-Achar, Shepirish Halachas, Mesechtas, Choyze V'Shoyna Oyson, Beloshan Kotsa, Ketayshi Yusurim, Biyadecho, V'Shmurim, Bepeh, Ubelev. So it's after the Tanah's taught a whole lot of different halachas, it comes back. We find once in a while it comes back and rearranges them so that they're orderly and easy for you to keep in your heart and your mouth. Remember the whole idea is to know the Torah of Baal Peh, Baal Peh of Bahat, so it needs to be in a simple, straightforward structure. That's the one. And then he says, For further he says, no, it, it granted it's largely a summary. It's all brought for the following point. Um, we're going to see that there's some people who are not really allowed to remain married to their husbands but if their husbands die they still fall in Yibum and are mutar to their Yibum even though they come in they come in um, from the strength of their husband remember Yibum is almost substituting for the husband Says Lo Asri Le Ayovam, she doesn't become Asur to the Yovam Afalkam the Asaras the Balehem. So he's adding a new point. We know that Yibum is replacing, filling in for his brother. So you might have thought if she's Asur to her husband and he dies without children, well then even though she's Mutar to the brother, maybe she shouldn't do Yibum to the brother because he's filling the footsteps of his brother who to her husband, but no, it comes to teach us that still he does take. So, okay, so this mission, a lot of these halachas should be familiar. They, again, it is going back to the first half of the Masechta that we discussed when we were discussing Yibum, but it's restructuring it. So, it says, They're those that are mutar to the husband, but also to the yavom. If the husband dies without children, they shouldn't do Yibum. We're going to see we're not discussing Isukhares like the first Mishnah where there is no Yibum. We're discussing where there is Yibum, but they are also to their husband. But they are also to the Yavam. Or Mutaris Liyavim, they Mutar to the Yavam, Vasuris Labalayim, but they're not allowed to be married to their husband. Or they are, but they shouldn't be. Mutaris Lailu the cases where she's Mutar to both of these. Vasuris Lailu and there are cases where they also to both of them. Now, the Mishnah is going to be broken up into four parts. Obviously, like we've just said, the first part will be Mutaris Lapalayim Vasuris Leofameyim. The second part, those who are permitted to the Yom, but also to the husband, etc. And each part is going to have four cases. We'll see this is when the Gemara starts analyzing it, these four cases will be relevant. But the first case, again, in each of the scenarios where, again, Mutar to husband, but also to Yom, Mutar to Yom, but also to husband, Mutar to both of them. Also to both of them, those are the four structures, and each of those is going to discuss a case of an Almona to a Kohen Godel. The second one it always brings is a Chalola to a regular Kohen. And the third, the third and the fourth are to do with a Mamzer. Just remember a Chalola, just to refresh our memory, remember Chalola is someone who's born, well, is born to a Kohen, 
from a from a union that a coin is forbidden. So if a regular coin marries a grusha or a coin god marries an almana, someone like or a chalola, something like that, the child born from that union is a chalola. Um, there's a slight dis- discussion among Shurishonim, is the child of a chalola a chalola, or is or or if a woman mar- a woman's a, a, only a coin's not allowed to marry a chalola, but a regular Israel man can marry a chalola. Um, or the other way around. A regular a chalola is, he loses his status as a kohen. His father's a kohen, but he was born through this forbidden union. So he loses his status of a kohen. Now he's allowed to, a regular, he's only, he's, he's allowed to marry a bas kohen or a bas yisrael. The bas yisrael, however, who marries a halal, also becomes a halal. There's a slight discussion in Shonim, but I want to go into now if it's a halal or a zona, remember zona, but either way, someone is not allowed to marry a kohen. Okay, so let's go into the first group. First group is mutaras labalem vasurusli of mayhem. Someone who's mutar to their husbands and also to their yovom. So he says, kohen hejot almona If you have a kohen hejot who marries an almona and his brother is a kohen gorol. Again, if he dies without children, his wife falls to the Kohen Godel, but she's a widow. A Kohen Godel is not allowed to marry a widow. So that's why she would be mutar to her husband and also to the Yavam. Second case, Chalal Shen If you have a Chalal who married a regular Israelis, a woman, a regular Jewish woman, and he has another brother who's a kosher kohen. Remember, this kohen, maybe he had two wives. He had one wife who was a grusha and one wife who was a regular. So his one son's a halal and his one son's a kosher. So now this halal's wife, is, if he dies without children, is also to his brother, who's a kosher kohen, because, as I pointed out, a halal, when a woman sleeps with a halal, she becomes forbidden to kohanim. Then, um, third case, if Yisrael marries a Bas Yisrael, so you have a Jew marrying a regular Jewess, but his brother is a Mamzer. Or, Mamzer Shenosa, fourth, fourth case, Mamzer Shenosa, if you have a Mamzer who married a Mamzeres, again, a Mamzer is allowed to marry a Mamzeres, but his brother is a Koshi Yisrael. If he dies without children, again, his wife, the Mamzeris, is mutar to him, but also to his brothers. So those are all butaras lapaleim, vasurus lapaleimayim, mutar to their husbands, but also to their yovom. Okay, the second category. These following categories are mutar to their yovom, but also to their husband. Remember, this is the scenario that Tosa said. The re suggests that this is the whole point of the Chirush of this mission is these are cases where they should not remain married to their husbands, but nevertheless, the husband dies without children, they do fall and they're allowed to do Yibum, even though you would have thought that maybe the Yavam takes the place of the husband and should remain Osir. Okay, but so what are these cases? So the first one, again, remember, Koen Godel and Almona. So it's Koen Godel, Shekirish, Almona, If you have a Koen Godel who married, did Kiddushin with an Almona, we'll discuss why it says, why does it take Kiddushin, but he did Kiddushin to Almona, and he has a brother who's a Koen Hejot. Again, the Koen Godel's not allowed to marry the Almona, so he's not, his wife is Osir to him, but his brother, the regular Koen, is allowed to marry a widow. So that's the case of also to the husband, but mutar to the brother. And why Kiddush? So remember the difference between Kiddushin and Yisui in the first stage and the second stage. The, this woman, this Almona, who's also to the Kohen Kodal, if they just do Kiddushin, she keeps her status as a, just a regular widow. However, if she sleeps with the Kohen Kodal, ah, oh, that's a Kohen Kodal with the woman who's also to him, she becomes a Chalala. 
So if if the Kohen Gadol had done Nisui and had consummated the marriage with this Almona, then she would be a Chalala and even not only also to her husband, but also also to his brothers. Okay, but that's a, that's a deeper point you want says, uh, just to become aware because the Gemara is going to analyze these things of Kiddush and Nisui. Then we bring a third... <coughs> The third, um, the second case, kosher and also chalala halal. If you have a kosher kohen who marries a chalala, again nisuyin, he did nisuyin, halal, and he had an ach who was a chalal. Again, she's also to him because she's a chalala and he's a kosher kohen, but she's mutar to her husband. Okay, then Yisrael shen also mamzeres v'yeshlaach. Mamzer. If you have Israel who married a Mamzeres and he has a brother who's a Mamzer, again, the Israel is also to his wife, the Mamzeres. But if he dies without children, she's mutar to his brother who's a Mamzer. Again, it's very easy for a man to have two children. If he has one through his normal wife, that's a good a, a Israel. But if the one is through um, adultery, I with another married woman, or through incest, then that child is a mamzer. So that's how you can have two brothers, a kosher and a mamzer. Okay, fourth, um, fourth case in the scenario, mamzer should also bas Yisrael, ach Yisrael. If you have a mamzer who marries a bas Yisrael, and he has a brother who's a regular Yisrael, again, all of these cases, mutaris liyavom mayhem, they mutar to the yovom, vasuris lepalayim, but they forbid him to their husband. Third category, they forbid him to both their husband and the Yovam. One of those says, If a Kohen Gadol did, into the Almana, because then she is the, she's a Hedjot, and he has another brother who's also a Kohen Gadol or a Kohen Hedjot. That's again also to both the husband and the Yovam. The second case, if you have a Kosher who marries a Chalola, and he has another brother who's a kosher kohen. Again, a kohen can't do... Um, he's not allowed to be married to this woman because she's a halala. And his brother is a kosher kohen. He's also not allowed to do yibum to her because she's a halala. Yisrael shenosa mamzeres. Yisrael. If you have a Yisrael who marries a mamzeres, and he has another brother who's a Yisrael. Again, this mamzeres is also to her husband. And if she falls in yibum, she's also, also to the yavum. Fourth case. Mamzer shenosa bas Yisrael. V'yeshla'ach mamzer... If you have a mamzer that marries a Bas Yisrael, and he has a brother who's a mamzer, Asuris La'ilu Ailu, the regular Jewess is also to the, her husband, the mamzer, and also to his brother, the mamzer. Asuris La'ilu Ailu, in all these cases, they also to each other. Bishar Kalanoshim, and now the fourth category, all other women, Mutaris Labalem Uli of will be mutar to their husband and their Yovam. Now this is obviously not a conclusive list because remember the first Mishnah was 15 women who Yibum doesn't even take effect. But again here also just to be aware, remember all these cases is where it's largely through, if not a negative commandment, a positive commandment. So she does theoretically fall in Yibum, she's just not allowed to do Yibum because then they transgress negative commandments. So because of that, they would have to do, have to do Chalitza. But that's the it's just to bear in mind, we're not discussing where Yibum doesn't take effect. Now, we discuss, move on to, so those are all these surahs, all right. So now, what about the Shniyos, Midivrei Soifrim? If you have a secondary, um, these are what's called the secondary arise. The Shniyos are arise, the Rabbonin. For example, the grandmother is Mutar, but Chazal came along and said the grandmother is like one of the Arayos. Um, so those 
Um, so he says, Shnir le Baal, the Loi Shnir le Yavam, if she's a Shnir to the husband, but not a Shnir to the Yavam. I, for example, if you have two brothers, they, they have different mothers, and the one marries his maternal grandmother. So now she's a Shnir to him, but if he dies without children, she, the, this grandmother is not a Shnir, she's not the grandmother of the other one, of the second brother. So 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 shnir to her husband, but not a shnir to the yavam. Asura le balu mutar is the yavam. She would be also to the balu mutar the yavam. The other way around, shnir le yavam veloi shnir le bal. If she's a shnir to the yavam, but not a shnir to the bal, asura le yavam mutar le bal. She is also to the yavam, but mutar to her husband. Shnir le zeh le zeh. What happens if she's a shnir to both of them? I have two regular brothers who share the same grandmother, and one of them um, married the grandmother. He says asura le zeh ule zeh. She would be forbidden to both of them. Again, all of these, again, even though it's, they, they are rios, they only are rios midrabonim. So you probably still need chalitza, because to arise the Izibum, to arise there was nothing wrong with him marrying his grandmother, but drabonim is one of the arayas. So that's, uh, so it would still need. And he says, now it just clarifies the halacha, there are certain penalties that the rabbis placed on such a marriage. Interesting, if you notice, all the penalties are discussed from the perspective of we penalize the woman. The Gemara will discuss why the woman and not the man, but he says first, she does not get to claim her ksuba. That's either nirsait son barzel or the 200 zoos that every man has to pay upon death or divorce. So if they get divorced, she doesn't get paid out that money. Below payros, not as she get payros. This is very interesting, Rashi explains. Remember, we know, we've discussed this before, that the certain property is brought into the land as nirsait maluk, and the husband gets the right to the produce. So she brings in a farm, the husband gets the right to farm it, and thing of property, he gets the right to rent it out, etc. However, that's on condition that he pays to ransom her. Right, so he gets those rights in exchange that he's responsible to ransom her if she gets captured. Now, the Ksuba says, when ransoming her, he says, and I will ransom you if you capture, I will ransom you and bring you back to be my wife. This woman's not supposed to be his wife, so he doesn't have the obligation to ransom her. But by the fact that he doesn't have the obligation to ransom her, he doesn't deserve the right to the produce. Nevertheless, she loses that. She can't sue him in court, even though he didn't have the right to the payros of the Nisam. Look, she can't sue him in court for them. That's one of the penalties. She can't claim food. Or worn out clothes. Generally, she would get, she'd be allowed to get her worn out clothes that she took into the marriage as Nisam on Basel. She should be allowed to claim the worn-out clothes back in the case of the divorce? She says, no, in this case she doesn't. However, the one thing that stays the same, the child is kosher even to marry a kohen. A child born from a shnir is a kosher child, The child, and the child could even marry a kohen. Okay, and Beisdin will do what they can to, uh, to force them to get divorced. Okay, new point. If you have an Almanu who marries a coin Godel, or a Grush of a Chalutz of a coin Hedjot, or a Mamzeris in a Sinner Israel, or a Mamzeris or in a Sinner married Israel, or a Bas Israel in a Sinner, or a Bas Israel that marries in a Sinner or a Mamzer, she does get a Ksuba. So all of these cases which are Isud or Rises, a Jew's not allowed to marry a Mamzer, or a, a Mamzeris, or a Bas Israel's not allowed to marry a Mamzer, or a coin is not allowed to marry Grush. In all those cases, the woman still has her ksuba. So obviously we'll have to discuss in the Gemara. Why were we strict in the case of the Shniyos? We basically tore up the ksuba, where in this case, in the Doraisa cases, it still stands. Okay, but we'll discuss that.
Okay. Now we're going to analyze the first case we brought to the Mishnah. So the first case we brought, remember the first category was women who are permitted to their husbands, but also to their Yovom. And the first case we brought there was a Kohen Hejot, a regular Kohen that was married to a widow, and his brother is a Kohen Godel. Now remember, if he dies without children, you have this widow falling to a Kohen Godel, and which would be also to a Kohen Godel. So that's the case. So he says, Now my area did Tani Nasa, Lisni Kiddush. Why does the Mishnah teach where they did Nisuyim, the second stage of marriage, just teach where they did Kiddushin? Again, a woman falls in Yibum from Kiddushin. So even if this Kohe, regular Kohen, would have only done Kiddushin, we would still have the exact same case and the same problem. So he says, Maybe you'll say, Maybe you'll say it's because then there's a positive and a negative commandment. I, A, she is not a Basula, and a Kohen Godel has, must, I say, a positive commandment to marry a Basula, and there's a negative commandment of him marrying an Amwana. Aval Kiddush, but where it's just Kiddushin, the positive commandment to do Yibum should push aside the negative commandment to marry a widow. Oh, but every case in the mission is a positive commandment of do Yibum versus the negative commandment of, again, a Kohen Masa Maria, Almona, or a Mamze Masa Maria, Yisrael. So all of these are negative commandments where you should say the positive commandment of Yibum pushes aside the negative commandment of doing it. So that can't, that's clearly not the point here. It says, so we back to our question. Yeah, Rashi explains, but we basically saw earlier, if I remember correctly, the concern is that he will, that us, I see us, this positive commandment only pushes aside the negative commandment for that actually doing the yibum, the first, the first beer. From then onwards, there's no positive mitzvah being performed that you'd say the positive pushes aside the negative. Um, so, okay, so you can't say I see it's, so we're still struggling. Why does it bother to teach Nasa? They got fully married. Just teach Kiddush that they did the first part of Kiddushin. So the Gemara says, no, Mishum to Kavoy le Misni Sefer, because it wants to see, teach in the third category, Koin Godel Shen Nasa Es Almona, Davka Nasa de Shabich. There it taught that if a Koin Godel marries an Almona, does does Nisuyen to the Almona, now there it's specific, what did we say? She's also to both to all his brothers. Now there he says, specifically where she did Nisuyen because she would become a Chalola. If the Abal Kidesh, Shariyale. But if she only did Kiddushin, she would be permitted. If the Kohen Godel came and did Kiddushin to this Almana and then he divorced her or he died, she would be permitted to the brothers. It's specifically because she did Nisuyen I, they slept together, the Kohen Godel slept with his wife as an Amona, that now she's a Chalala, that she's also to the brothers. So it was necessary there to teach Nisuyin, so Tananamiration also, so therefore in our first clause we also teach uh, married. So when it says, oh, Mishum Sefer, this Kodesh Mishum Mitziosa. It says, why are you jumping into the third case to teach married, where Nisuyin, Nisuyin, rather teach Kiddushin because of the Second category, I, what was that case? If you have a coin Godel who did Kiddushin to the Almona and he had a brother who's a regular coin. Again, because he only did Kiddushin, the wife is mutar to the brother. 
So where are we holding at the moment? So you can't say, so we wanted to say, again, this is a common three, theme we find in Mishnah. So again, like we mentioned in the first, the Tosfos at the beginning of the Perik, this Mishnah is to help us remember all the cases. So it's going to try to keep it as uniform. But here we're switching from Nasa to Kidesh to Nasa. So he says, no, it wanted, so he suggested it wanted to teach Nisuyin because in the third category we teach Nisuyin. Well, it says, well then just teach Kiddushin because in the second category it teaches Kiddushin. So it says, so that can't be. It says, Elamishun Bas Bixa the Koboy Lamishni. It's because of the very next case which I wanted to teach. Cholal Shen Nosok If you have a Cholal who married a regular Israel, time at the Nosok, the Shavi Chalala. The reason is because he married her and he made her into Chalala. Aval Kiddush, but if he just did Kiddush in Sharalei. Because of this, it wanted to teach Nasa. Ah, if you go to the very f- the first two examples in the Mishnah, the first example was this Kohen Godel who did Nisuyin to the Amana, and then the second example was a Chalal who did Nisuyin to a Kashaira. So that's essential. So why does it teach Nisuyin? You're right. The first line of the Mishnah makes no difference whether it's Kiddushin or Nisuyin. But the reason it taught Nisuyin is because in the very next line it's going to need to teach Nisuyin. Now the Gemara asks, Ma'ari Detani Almona, Lisni Basula. Why does it specifically teach Almona? Why doesn't it just teach Basula? Remember, the case is a regular Kohen who does, who marries this woman, who marries a widow, and his brother's a Kohen Godel. So she's mutar to her husband, but also to the, who to her Yavam. Well, then just teach a basula because the, because a kohen gadol has to marry a basula. Maybe this tana holds that it's the first nisuyin that affects the yibum. I very interesting uh, suggestion is that when does yibum kick in? The moment they get married. As soon as this man and woman get married, there's this. Yibum possibility hovering over that if he dies without children, she falls to his brother in Yibum. So as soon as they get married, if she's fit to do Yibum, she will do Yibum in the future. Maybe that's the suggestion. He says, No, no the mission itself brings the case of a Chalal who marries a regular Israelis. And we don't say that. Well, since the Chalal could marry her, the second brother, the kosher coin, could marry her. Must be we don't say this principle of yibum, almost yibum kicks in if she's fit at the first marriage. You look at her fitness now. So again, so um, so why does it not just teach a basulas? He says no, hovar mishum seifa. This is for the third category. The reason it teaches that mishum de kavoy lemisni seifa coin godol shenasa es almana. Once you teach a coin godol who married an almana, v'yeshla a coin godol or coin hedjot dafka almana, then it's specifically an almana. Afal basula chazielay. But if he married a basula, she would be fit for him. Mishum hachiktani almana. Therefore, it has to teach an almana. So, in a later clause in the Mishnah where it wants to teach a coin godol who marries someone who's forbidden to him, it has to teach an almana. Because of Basula, and it wants to teach Mut also to him, to the husband, and also to the Yovam. So it teaches a Kohen Godel to an Almona, which then makes her into a Chalala, so she becomes also to all his brothers, the Kohanim. But, and therefore, our clause, our first line in the Mishnah, you're right, it's not essential, but just to keep it as uniform as possible, it teaches Almona. Matki Flora Popra Popper challenges. says, Basically, what Rav Popper is going to 
one or two is going to say, we should add in, in each, as I mentioned, in each category, we had four categories, but in each category we gave four examples. The first example was an Amanalakai Karo. The second example was a Halal and a regular coin. The third example and the third and fourth example were to do with a Mamzer. So he's going to suggest we should actually add in more to our Mishnah. He says, If it's true, if the Allah is like Rav Dimi says in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Mitri Shaini, Shanos, Mitri Shaina, Bono Shaini. That if you have a Mitri Shaini, a second, remember we learned this a few days ago, a Mitri can only marry into the population or from, the, from third generation. So what happens if you have a Mitri who's a second generation and his wife, also a Mitri's convert, is a first generation? So Benor Shani, Rabbi Dimi says that the child is Shani. Are you follow the mother? It says, Well, we can also fit into our Mishnah case where you have a Mitri Shani marrying two Mitriyos. One is a Rishon and one is a Shniya. And she has sons from the first and the second, and he has sons from the first and the second one. So now we're going to see with, if that's the case. Again, okay, you have a Mitri who married a Mitri first generation, a Mitri second generation, and they each have children. So now you have one child who's a third generation Mitri who can marry regular Israelis, Israelim, and you have one child who's a second generation Mitri who can only marry other mystery converts or other converts who can't marry. So now, and now we're going to show how that can fit with all the cases of the Mishnah. Again, remember all the categories of the Mishnah is one, the first one is mutar to the husband, also to the yavam, mutar to the Yavam, but also to the husband, etc. Also to both of them, mutar to both of them. So those we're going to have to start. So firstly, if they each married what's equal to them. I, the son who's a shani marries a Shani, and the son who's a Shlishi marries a Shlishi, they would be mutar to their husband, but also to their Yovam, because she can't, she's a Shlishi, she can marry anyone, and now you want to say that she can marry a Shani. She can't marry, she can't do Yibum to her, her brother-in-law as a Shani. And the Shani who's a Mitri also can't marry the regular Israelis. So, so that would be the first scenario. And the E-Apoch, the Nasuf, if they switch around who they married, then it would be mutar to their yavam, but also to their husband. If the third generation marries a second generation, we're assuming that's Osir because he should marry a regular Jew, not a Mitri. And, and if the second generation married a third generation, uh, if the second generation married a Yisraelis, again, then they'd be Osir to their husbands, but mutar in Yibu. And then the third case, muteres la'elu if they married a convert, then they would be mutar to marry each other. The convert can marry either Israel or a Mitri. Um, and then the fourth category are If these women turn out, if their wives turn out to be an islandist, then they would be forbidden to both. They're forbidden to their husbands because she's a Yisraelist, so she's not allowed to marry a Mitri. And she's a... Uh, and she does, and you don't do chalitza. Remember, we learned you don't do chalitza to an islandist because you only do chalitza or yibum or chalitza to a woman who can have children. So therefore, so, so, so the key point here is where we're holding at the moment is we could introduce a fifth case to each category to do with the mitri who married two women, one a mitri rishon and one a mitri shani. So why does the Tana not teach that? 
So the Gemara answers, Tanav No, he taught four examples, and he left out. He didn't teach a conclusive, uh, exhaustive list. Oh, Mahashaya Dahashar. Oh, so you want to tell me he left out something? What else did he leave out? So he says, Shaya Pesuadaka. He left out a Pesuadaka. How would you have it a Pesuadaka? So again, remember, the, we've got to see that it fits in with all four categories of the Mishnah. So if the Yovam is a Pesuadaka, then she, this woman's allowed to marry to her husband, but she's not allowed to do Yibum to her brother-in-law who's a Pesuadaka. Because remember, there's a negative commandment for a regular Israelist to marry a Pesuadaka. Second case would be if the husband of Pesuadaka, so she married this man who's a Pesuadaka, it's forbidden for them to be married, but she could do Yibum to the to his brother who's not a Pesuadaka. Okay, and if both of them are Pesuadaka, then she'd be forbidden to both of them. And if she's a convert, then she'll be permitted to both of them. Okay, but either way, so we have a Pesuadaka left out. So he says, Ah, oh, Imishum Pesuadaka. If you want to tell me it's because of Pesuadaka, Lav Shiura. That's not considered left out. Because the Tana included all negative commandments. I went the first case. What's the first case? That's a negative commandment. So all negative commandments are included automatically. We don't need to teach another psuadaka, another case, another negative commandment. It's unnecessary. So you can't tell me that it's left over. You're telling me it doesn't bother to teach other is not going to repeat and teach other examples of negative commands. It then goes and teaches a Kohen Godel who marries an Ammona, and the very next case is Shenosok Shaira. A Chalal, the Chalal Shenosok Shaira, a Chalal that marries a Shaira. Now that's again a. That um, that's uh, they both negative commandments. Again, for this halal to now this woman to now fall to a regular kohen is a negative commandment. So you told me that the reason again you told me that why does it not teach pitzudaka? You initially wanted what we initially trying to prove is that the four case. Remember, in each category there are four cases. The amona to a kohen gadol, a halal, a halal and a kshira, a mamzer and two types of mamzer. Now. In each category, there are those four examples. So why don't we add um, the case of the Mitzri who married two Mitzri? So that you have, in each case, you have five examples. So he said, no, it's not an exhaustive, our mission is not an exhaustive list. He says, if you want to show me that it's an exhaustive list, you've got to find me another example. He said, okay, I'll tell you another example of Psuadaka. You can learn Psuadaka in each of those four categories. So he says, no, Psuadaka is just another negative commandment. We're not teaching another negative commandment. So says, what are you talking about? The first case was an Ammonah to Kohen Godel. Ah, negative commandment. The very next case is discussing a Halal and a Kohen. That's again a negative commandment. So it's clearly re- re- repeating negative commandments. So Gomorrah says, no. That we need for the teaching of Rabbi Yehuda Marav. Kosher Kohen woman, I a Bas Kohen, is not forbidden to marry a psulim. The sort of people that a regular Kohen could not marry, like a halal or a convert, a halal or a convert, a daughter of a Kohen can marry. Aye, so Rashi says, amazing. So Rashi points out, he says, a halal, um, so, so we know, the whole point of this is not because of the issue to the Yovam, because that we would know from the first case of the negative commandment. The whole point of this is 
to teach that this bas kohen can marry a halal. There's no issue for her to do that. Again, we're going to come back to that a bit further down the page. But, but So what are we saying? Okay. The first case is to teach of a kohen and almana is to teach negative commandments. Oh, but isn't the second case of a halal and a kohen, a halala and a kohen also a negative command? It says, no, that's coming to for one primary teaching. And that is to teach that a bas kohen is allowed to marry someone who's possible to a regular kohen. Uh, you might have thought, just as the son of a kohen, a kohen is not allowed to marry a halal or a, a halal or a kiyores, so to the daughter of a kohen is also restricted on who she can marry. No, that's not true as Omar of Yudomarab, and that's why that second case is brought in. So that second case is actually necessary. So we're still trying to look for another case. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But now the Gemara asks, he says, okay, fine. He says, oh, I'll, but I'll show you another negative commandment that's taught. You told me it doesn't teach Pitsua Daka, it's not going to teach Pitsua Daka because it's not going to teach another example of a negative commandment. I'll show you another. He says, Vahok Tani Chalal Shenosa Kshaira, Yisrael Shenosa Bas Yisrael, you taught in the one case you taught a halal that marries a kosher, a bas kohen, a bas Israel, and then it teaches a Israel um, who marries a bas Israel who has a brother, a Israel marries a bas Israel who has a brother who's a mamzer. Now, what's that mean? That's a negative commandment for this woman to marry the mamzer. So again, and just another negative commandment. It says, no, that's also not considered repetitive. Why? Because it's coming to teach us not only do we say this by a negative commandment that does not apply to everyone, but we even teach it by a negative commandment that applies to everyone. What does that? What does that mean? So interestingly, again, we taught that. In a, you can have a case where she's also to her husband, but she can still do yibum. And we brought the example of a almana who did kiddushin with the kohen gadol, so she's also to her husband. But if he dies without children, she can now marry his brother. But that's so. So there we so we quite lean. We're saying even when she's also to her husband, she's allowed to do yibum. But that's quite. Uh, um, That's quite limited. Maybe we only lenient by these ones which aren't so broad. They not they only apply to Kahanim. Maybe if it was a let's say a man is married to a to a Mamzereth, maybe we would not allow his brother who's a Mamzer to do Yibum because it's a much more broad love. So that's why we need this case of a Mamzer as well. Okay, fine. So where are we holding? Initially we wanted to say that. If someone does a negative, if um, we wanted to add the case of the Mitri to the Mishnah, you know, the case where the Mitri had a, a son from two different Mitris, one's a Rishon, one's a Rishani, etc., we wanted to add that in. We said, no, we're not, it's already included in the negative commandment of the first category. He said, what do you mean it's already included in the negative commandment of the Amon and the Kohen Goro? You still go in there and teach a negative commandment of a Halala, of a regular Kohen Halala. We said, no, that's needed for a special teaching that a Bas Kohen can marry Psulim. So it's okay, but then there's the negative commandment of a Yisrael to a Mamzer. 
to a mum's She said, no, that's also necessary to teach. We even apply this leniency of osu to the husband, but mutar to the yavam, where it's a broad applicable, where it's a much stronger negative commandment. So then we say, um, says Hokani Yisrael Shenoso Bas Yisrael veYeishlo Ach Mamzer U Mamzer Shenoso Mamzeres veYeishlo Ach Yisrael. But again, you teach two types of Mamzer. You taught the Yisrael who married Bas uh, Yisrael and has a brother who's a Mamzer, and you also came along and taught the Mamzer who married a Mamzeres who has a brother who's Yisrael, which is the exact same as teaching. And a broad negative commandment. Why do we need this fourth example of a mamzer? It's a negative commandment. It's a broadly applied negative commandment. What's the mission of bringing it? So we see that it does teach negative commandments, even though it's not necessary. We already get the principle. The principle is that where there's a negative commandment, if the yovom, even if she is also to her husband, she can still do yivom. That's the we get that principle. So why does it have to teach? Four examples of that. So he described why I needed three. But why does it need the fourth example? No, it's just giving it's just giving another example. That's all. That the fourth example of a mamzer who married a mamzeris who has a brother who's a Yisrael, that's just another example. It's not coming to teach us anything new. Ah, oh, so then it should also teach. Why not teach also Psuadaka? And why not also teach Mitzri? So no. We see conclusively that it's not teaching, the Tan is not teaching it in a conclusive way. It's just giving, it's a list, but it's not a conclusive, it's not an exhaustive list. There are examples that are left out. Okay, I was hoping to get a bit further, but I think let's leave it here for today.